NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Hello and welcome to NWP Radio, a broadcast of the National Writing Project. I'm Christina Cantrell. I'm logging in here from Philadelphia, and I am really excited today to welcome colleagues from Wire Media and the Bay Area Writing Project. Today's show is to talk about the power of youth media, um, media made by youth and produced for youth. Um, and to think and hear about a project that the Bay Area Writing Project has been doing with YR Media uh, called Teach YR. So before I invite our guests to introduce themselves, I wanted to just highlight for those logging in that there is an invitation here to participate in Teach YR. And I just want to, um, it's open and active. So Sharice will give you a sense of how um, you can get involved. This is a very, uh, I'm excited to talk to them about this project because it's very new and um, happening as we speak. So in addition to letting you know who they are, I'm also going to invite um, everyone here to introduce the project briefly and then to tell us more about this invitation that's available to all of our colleagues. So Monica, do you want to introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about YR Media? Absolutely. Thanks, Christina. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Monica Clark, currently joining from San Diego on Cide Kumeyaay territory, and I am director of TeachYR at YR Media. Uh, YR Media creates and amplifies youth-produced and focused media, music, and arts content to a national audience through its own platforms. Since 1993, we've grown to become a strong network of 150-plus freelance correspondents under 30 years old. We're a national organization headquartered in Oakland, <clears throat> that was founded as Youth Radio in response to a wave of violence in the Bay Area that led to the overcriminalization of young people, particularly young men of color. Youth Radio provided a platform for local youth to share their experiences, creatively express themselves, and hold power to account for investigative efforts um, and countering racially biased media dialogue, we're built, while also building skills in journalism, the arts, and media. Today, why are media continues this tradition as both a media and music educator on a local level and an editorial connector on a national level by bringing forth underrepresented youth perspectives in urban and rural areas. Wire Media's immersive media arts education program builds civic agency and leadership in young people with a focus on elevating BIPOC voices and positioning them for careers in media, tech, and creative industries. Since expanding and rebranding nationally from youth radio to YR Media in 2017, our platform has featured the work of hundreds of young people from its growing national network of content creators and artists. The platform publishes daily and features content that drives conversations around social justice and identity, arts and culture, health and wellness, and pop culture and current events. Students produce multimodal media, publishing written articles as well as ones in video and audio formats, starring in podcasts, creating original music via an in-house record label, and producing documentaries to share their unique stories. Select content is distributed via our national media partners, including the New York Times, Teen Vogue, Pop Sugar, Medium, The Washington Post, and NPR. YR Media is a pioneer in the theory and practice of collegial pedagogy, something we'll talk a bit more about later today, 
um, which for us involves young people partnering with professional adults in such a way that neither party, youth nor adults, could achieve the same level of quality working independently. TeachYR is the external learning arm of YR, working to connect young contributors and educators to resources to integrate YR media education and youth voice into their work. And we are working to continue to grow our virtual community of practice, as Christina mentioned, with regular gatherings and an invitation for educators to join our network of to co-create curricula and resources with us and our young stars. We have connected with the Bay Area Writing Project over the years in different ways due to the connections with our, the work that we do and basically being neighbors in the Bay Area. However, with the TeachYR department expanding from a program to a department in the org, we were excited to become more regular collaborators with BOP this past summer for our Teachable Moments project. And I am very excited to talk more about the work today and the invitation for more teachers to join our community of practice moving forward. Um, so right now I will share the mic with Hillary to introduce herself and share some more about the collaboration that she was a part of that started this past summer. Hello everyone, my name is Hillary Walker. I am currently the director of the Bay Area Writing Project. Um, so excited to be here and continue to be excited and invigorated by this partnership with YR Media. So as you know, um, for nearly 50 years, uh, Bob has really worked closely with teachers also with young people, but primarily with uh, teachers. And so um, similarly, our, our work has um, centered around teachers teaching other teachers, that collegial pedagogy has really been um, at the level of um, educators. Uh, and so from everything that you heard Monica say, we are always thrilled to think about writing in a much more expansive way, uh, to think about text creation, to think about what happens inside of classrooms, uh, when new texts are introduced, new media are introduced, um, and any kind of opportunity for young people to uh, write, um, whatever that looks like. So I have been really excited, um, and Dr. Sharice McBride um, uh, approached me, Sharice having um, been a BOP TC, as well as uh, having done work with the National Writing Project, um, wanted to do continue to do some research on digital pedagogy. And so she'll talk more about that. But Sharice uh, is really one of the driving forces behind this collaboration. Um, but it just makes so much sense. So I'm going to turn it on over to Sharice. Thanks for that um, intro, both of you. So I'm Sharice McBride, and I am joining with gratitude from Ohlone land in Oakland, California. Um, I'm a researcher at the University of California, Berkeley where I study digital literacies and socioculturally situated learning. I got my start uh, with NWP, as Hillary mentioned, um, through the Bayer Writing Project, where I've been a teacher consultant leading professional development with teachers across the Bay Area. And um, it has been foundational in my own, um, my own development. So since then, I've had the pleasure of collaborating with National Writing Project folks on a variety of topics. Um, largely centered around humanizing pedagogies, digitally mediated learning, um, learning in public, which I really appreciate, teacher development and digital literacies. So all of those are, are things that you'll hear reflected in today's conversation. And um, this, this project is really about giving an invitation to engaging youth media. And um, this past summer we had 
uh, a small cohort of teachers, small but mighty <laughs> cohort of teachers, go through an initial pilot and in thinking about um, what it might look like to do just that. How, how might we um, really hear and listen to youth media and be in dialogue with that? So um, just like we started with this summer with having folks look at um, youth media, we wanna also do that today. So we're going to play a piece um, that was written or composed by youth and you'll see um, some of the beauty of the work that, that's been going on. So you'll see this is the YR Media website where we're looking at um, the title, Visual Voices, Accepting My Latina Identity by Lucy Barnum. Um, it's, it's one of the pieces that's in the archives there on YR Media site. And as we scroll down, we, um, we see that this particular one is a video um, that includes some, a little bit of notes down at the bottom about um, giving us some framing for it um, around, um, it, it's an opportunity for looking at the story that Lucy was writing about her own identity. I was born Lucia Barnum, but no one has ever called me Lucia. On every test, paper, and name tag, I write Lucy. I didn't realize this name tag would make people perceive me as white. Growing up, when teachers, soccer coaches, and friends saw L-U-C-I-A on paper, they assumed it was pronounced Lucia or Lucia to match my pale skin. At the private schools I go to, white is the default. Going by Lucy was the only way to fit into the white narrative my friends fit into with ease. The only reminder that I was Latina, that I was not the same, was Lucia. And I hated it. I hated being different. It was so much easier to hide behind the whitewashed version of myself. I pushed my name away out of shame, rejecting Lucia until it didn't feel like mine anymore. But I didn't understand that my name, my story, weren't mine to rewrite. The first Lucia, the one I was named after, worked on sugar plantations in Hawaii after fleeing poverty in Puerto Rico. She was my great-grandmother. She risked everything for her family, yet remained humble, loving, and endlessly strong. As I started to understand what Lucia meant, I embraced it as my own and finally began to love the identity that came with it. I still go by Lucy, but not out of fear. I wear my name with pride, no matter what form it's in. As I grow up, my name grows with me. It changes as I change, its story thrives as I do. Maybe one day, I'll start calling myself Lucia. But today, I am unapologetically Latina and unapologetically Lucy and I have nothing to be ashamed of. Thank you for sharing that. So that piece really highlights the dynamic and beautiful work that YR Media has generated over the years. And it demonstrates the power of youth media in general uh, to not only serve as an example of creative composition, but also a critical reading of um, their worlds and speaking back 
two dominant narratives, right, that often overlook their brilliance and contributions. And so our sense is that this media can influence others as part of an authentic audience. So what we thought about was how can we take that dynamism of youth voices and make sure that teachers and uh, educators really hear them, as I said a moment ago, but um, and not only that, but learn from them and apply and dialogue with them in their classrooms. So as I, as a researcher, am particularly concerned with teacher learning and the development of pedagogy and curriculum, I, I thought that this would be a great opportunity to bring together these two um, stalwart <laughs> institutions, right, of YR Media and the Bay Area Writing Project, both of which have had tremendous impact here in the Bay Area and beyond. Um, and so really, it's an honor to work with them both um, and to work with them together. Um, so what we sought to do through this project, and of course, what we did this summer, as I was describing, um, was to introduce teachers to those YR Media resources and then invite them to a community of learners, which is what we're doing with you all today. Um, both of those, you know, the YR Media resources and the community of learners are, um, are things that the National Writing Project and the Bay Area Writing Project already provide models for, right? So this was all guided by my appreciation for the NWP social practices framework. Uh, we write, right? And I think of that multimodally and with considerations of digital composition. So it's one, we create. I, I would change right to create a, a, little, more, a little more robustly. Um, we research, we learn from um, and with empirical work that offers insight into how learning happens and how to best address meaning making in a digital world. Um, we go public with our practice. That's another of those, those principles that we know that engage, engaging with authentic audiences and with each other, we can really generate um, continued improvement on our practice, but also inspire others. And then relatedly, we collaborate. As, um, that's especially a salient in what can really be an isolating profession. Um, it's, a, it's a challenging time for teachers at this, at this moment. And we believe that in working together, we can, um, we're, we're stronger and we can, we can benefit from one another in organic ways. Um, and we also do that with youth. We think about collaboration with youth as, um, again, collegial pedagog pedagogy. Um, the, and then the fifth um, of the NWB social practices is that we advocate and we lead toward the values that we have. In this case, we particularly value equity, um, justice, youth concerns, and youth voice, making sure that we, um, we appreciate those. And we also lead toward the learning modalities that have made a difference in our own practice. Um, as a teacher educator, I really maintain a stance of honoring teachers' expertise, um, their experience, teachers' time, teachers' vulnerabilities. And that's where in designing learning experiences, I really draw from learning theory and imagining um, how scaffolds can make a, a big difference as, as teachers operate in their own zones of development. Um, so as, as we thought about it for this project, we're offering pedagogical scaffolds that could support teachers' uh, development of their pedagogies, their digital pedagogies in particular. So I am, so as we think about um, developing those, implementing those scaffolds, um, there are five that I would like to, to um, kind of show us here and talk through. 
Um, the key, I think, is the, the big one that we have represented on this graphic of uh, sort of a wall that's made up of these different bricks. Um, the key is authorship. Um, we know that authorship is essential for meaningful engagement with digital tools. And it's a piece that's often missing when we just engage um, kind of students as consumers of text and, and learning, rather than really imagining them as active agents in the construction of knowledge. So as we, um, as we develop this project, authorship is, is just a key piece for, for youth and for the educators involved in thinking about making and producing and, um, and the opportunities for publication. The second one, um, if we just go clockwise around here, is uh, annotation and commentary. Some of my other work is with the Marginal Syllabus Project uh, with National Writing Project. And there we focus on open, uh, digitally networked social annotation. And we use the tool Hypothesis. Um, it's open source and free. And I would invite you all to consider thinking, uh, taking a look at Hypothesis. Um, our goal there is imagining making thinking visible and also offering commentary on texts, which are broadly defined, right? We take up a Frarian sense of literacy as reading the word and the world. And that offers us an opportunity to consider how youth media is also a window into their annotations or commentary of the world around them, of their own identities, on history, and their commentary on the future. Um, the third thing, uh, the third scaffold in this, in this idea here is text pairings. Um, we again draw from our understandings of literacy, literacy development, and really emphasize reading and writing as integrated practices. And so we are always drawing on multiple texts to then see what we think and vice versa, right? Um, so those text pairings are key. Also in, um, you know, we recognize and appreciate teachers lived context of working in schools and making sure that there are those, um, the addressing of standards, um, whether that's common core standards, um, we looked at some of the national media, uh, National Association for Media Literacy Education, NAMLI standards, um, and NCTE standards as well um, around digital literacies, National Council of Teachers of English. So that's the fourth um, element here, which is those content aims, which include um, the, the kinds of standards that I was thinking about, but could also include benchmarks and other um, content or disciplinary content, but areas of focus that teachers might have. And then the fifth one in building these pedagogical um, assemblages is thinking about digital standards. Um, how do we measure, you know, if we are teaching toward digital literacies? We can learn from ISTE, the International Society of Technology and Education, and we also learn from uh, some of the NCTE standards around digital literacy. So the key in all of this, I think, is um, a notion of reciprocity um, in how we're doing this research, right? We, we have these ideas that kind of serve as the foundation um, theoretically and in our practice, but we wanna make sure that any work we do with one another in research practice partnerships or, or other kinds of um, partnerships that while we seek to build teachers' digital repertoires and digital pedagogies, that we acknowledge that we also learn from teachers as well. And so Hillary's going to talk a bit more about some of the learning that, that she had this summer. And um, I, I just want to emphasize that 
what we learned from teachers was really powerful um, as they reflected on their own practice. Um, so Hillary, I'll turn it over to you. Great, thank you. Um, so I forgot to mention in my introduction that I spent the summer in the pilot program. So sort of as a participant um, and learned a ton uh, and was also able to really revise some of the work that I had done um, in the previous year in one of my courses. Um, so I think one thing that I would just like to start off with is, you know, I think oftentimes, uh, as Sharice mentioned, we are often isolated in our profession, um, and that can lead to some stagnation of curriculum. Um, and there's really like there's no there's no feedback loop other than with your students. Um, and so I really was challenged to think about um, this particular unit uh, in a much different way. And so um, just for context, uh, I had a unit on um, the history of black news media um, as part of a, uh, a course I'm teaching on African-American history. Um, and this was from 1865 to 1945. And so uh, there, there's, you know, this super rich history that few people really um, know about. But I thought, oh, what, what fun it might be to think about journalism then and journalism now. And what are the linkages? Um, what are the legacies of black journalists? Um, and how are they living in these uh, youth journalists through YR Media? Um, and so one of the things that I really wanted to, to start with was this text, um, which was called Credo for the Negro Press. So I'll just read a little quick introduction. Um, in 1944, the New Journal and Guide published Credo for the Negro Press, which outlined the collective responsibilities of black journalists. It begins... I shall be a crusader, I shall be an advocate, I shall be a herald, I shall be a mirror and a record. So this curriculum tool I kind of revised to think about not only what does it mean to carry on the long tradition of black journalism, um, how have black news media covered stories differently than mainstream news outlets, and then how are young journalists using new forms of media to cover stories? So thinking beyond, you know, the traditional print newspaper um, into this whole new world of TikTok, Instagram, um, et cetera. Uh, so in any case, I think one of the things, I just want to return to the, the five sort of cornerstones of the work that Sharice laid out for me, Text pairings came very naturally. There were such interesting um, pieces that I found right away, thinking about photojournalism, um, looking at um, two journalists who had uh, received Pulitzers. Uh, there are, you know, all these coverage, uh, or the, all these um, YR media stories that had been covered. And so I thought, well, that's, that's easy. Like there are some really natural ways that I could do that. So I think as a teacher, that's a strength, right? I can build curriculum from that. Um, content in terms of history felt like very strong and uh, understanding of content standards. Um, my students are doing commentary in some form. They're looking at different kinds of texts, um, texts in discussion with each other. And so I think that's sort of present but could be amplified. But the two that I felt were areas of growth for me were authorship, what I was then asking students to do 
after they did all this interesting look through um, uh, different sources and the digital technology piece. So how stale it sort of is to say, oh, well, I have a variety of sources, you know, we can look at, um, we can listen to some podcasts, we can look at some video, we can uh, look at poetry, we can look at all this rich variety of text, but really what I'm asking you to produce at the end of it is you know, a not very exciting essay <laughs> or something like that. And so I thought that's actually where this needs to, this needs to, to build toward that. Um, and so at the end of this unit, which I'm now running asynchronously, so we'll see. <laughs> We'll see what the student work looks like on this. I'm really excited about it though. Um, what does authorship look like? And so I invite students at the end uh, or youth or whoever is participating at the end to, to pitch a story, right? So pitch a story where they, they, about something that they care about, they are seeing, um, pitch a story to YR Media. And there's a whole set of tools that are here, um, ready, easily accessible um, that I did not have the expertise in, but now I can, I can introduce my students to those. Um, and so I thought there's just so much possibility for play, um, for thinking about things, for, you know, this excitement around building curriculum, I think. I'm a complete curriculum history nerd, and I just love talking to other teachers. Um, and so I got feedback within our group. Um, got some time to think out loud, some time to think alone, plenty of time to explore what was available on YR Media. And so I thought, you know, just the structure of um, our time together was really beautiful. And it absolutely felt like it honored um, my time and my <laughs> excitement about a particular topic. And um, I was just really grateful because I don't think that I, I ever really get those opportunities. Um, and so I, I would also say, like, kind of putting my BOP director hat on, much of what we are often doing is just sharing, like, a practice. We're sharing some student work around a practice, but we don't tend to see, like, the scope of the curriculum that it comes from. And so I thought this was also a really interesting way to think about um, seeing a bigger picture in teacher's practice. So um, I'm going to hand it on over to talking about teachers some more. So Monica. Thank you, thank you very much, Hillary. And I love that you brought up already the idea of inviting our youth in to pitch, right? Inviting students to pitch the the um, their final products from from your course, from from other curriculum that we're providing to YR Media to become a part of our community of um, of youth contributors. Um, much of my background and my work, I have been um, focused on uh, community engaged participatory action research specifically youth participatory action research. And that was one of the things that first attracted me. I knew of youth radio from way back in the day. And then what's this YR Media made the connection. But really, um, I see that as being much of the work that our, our young content creators are doing is um, uh, holding power to account and really trying to put out a counter narrative that, um, that centers their concerns and, and the issues that are, are impacting their lives today. And I think that that's the beauty, not only that YR does that with youth, but of Teach YR. What we're trying to do at Teach YR is really full circle, right? Is working with educators, but not 
educators in isolation, educators with each other, but we really wanna go back to the model of bringing in students at the beginning of the process as well. So the summer really focused on having a gathering with teachers and working with educators that were interested in co-creating curriculum with us as we continue to do more of our planning and thinking more towards the immediate future, we're interested in bringing in and having all of you educators that be interested in working with us, invite your students into the early process of the building and the developing and creating the curriculum. Because again, it goes back to that notion of collegial pedagogy, really where our roots started at YR, um, at Teach, at, not Teach YR and not YR Media at Youth Radio back in the early 90s, which started out, it was going to be a summer program that Ellen O'Leary said, we have this problem going on and I've been a journalist for years and like youth should have the mic. We should give them um, the space to, to, to put their um, voice to the issue and, and, and research doing investigative journalism. Um, what was gonna be a summer program, the demand said, let's keep this going. And it was from, from the early days of when it became an established organization, a peer-to-peer -peer educator model. And we still do that today. So youth come in and they go through a 10-week program. They're being taught by young people that had just graduated, you know, a year before from the, mod from the program. And bringing that model into TeachYR, where we're valuing the knowledge and the experience and the expertise that our young people, that our students can bring to the table in doing the work to create curriculum, to um, to school us on innovative things we might not be thinking about in, in, in the um, digital world with TikTok videos and you know things that are being thought of right now today that they have their, their hands on the pulse and, and we might not, right? Um, so really thinking about that as full circle. Um, and again, going back to what you just talked about, Hillary, the idea of if you're involved in creating curriculum with us or using our resources in your, in your um, pedagogy and practices, we encourage you to then also invite your students to submit submit the work that they create that they're proud of to become a part of our, our community um, of youth, uh, young people um, contributing to the media being produced at YR Media. Um, and something that I'm thinking about is, and I invite Sharice and Hillary and Christina to, to, for us, I think just to kind of talk out and talk about, I'd love to have a conversation about what we think that might look like. Um, Hillary, you're in the earlier stages of, of sharing your curriculum that you created, but how would you envision that? How would you think about your students becoming a part of the network and the way that this can be, in many ways, like a full circle um, experience that is intergenerational? Oh, and the one other thing I did want to, to speak on, and we can talk about, and I think just have a conversation about it for a little bit, is how much we focus on um, and think about how important it is to prepare and to support our young content creators, our young journalists, um, to know what happens once their, their media that they've created is released out into the world. So we, we give a lot of thought to preparing and supporting youth to understand what the digital afterlife of, of their work is and what happens when it goes out into the world. And I just worked on a report that was, um, was um, pulling together a lot of work that we did on mental health and well-being reporting with young people. And this was a, a, a huge theme that, that came up and that I was lucky to be in conversation with a lot of our young reporters about what happens when you 
tell a story that is very personal that you might not realize like some relatives might see it across the country and not have known this was a family thing that was going on or you know just as one example so that's something that we think is another reason why it's extremely important you know not only in just the creation of our curriculum and our resources but also in like the what happens once that is put out there and we invite youth to create things using our curriculum tools and resources and then they do and if it is published and um, thinking about that in the longer term and the idea that everything that we create almost is a living document, right? And like how we can have a, um, play a role in supporting young people and being prepared for that, I think is also key to this work. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear Hillary thoughts on, on bringing in your students and if you had any conversations with them yet, um, I know, I think the project is still ongoing, but conversations with them about that and interest there. Um, well, one thing, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh no. <laughs> uh, one other thing is that um, for this particular group of students are uh, community college students too. So they are technically adults. However, I think a lot of those, the same issues are are important to um, really emphasize. One thing that I think um, I'd just like to say is that, you know, it's honoring what they have to say. It's not a conversation like, you know, you submit this, you know, this paper or whatever it is. That's a conversation, if that, with a teacher. It's not, a, it's not necessarily a conversation with their peers. And it certainly is not a conversation with the larger world, even though these ideas that they're talking about are so interesting, so rich. Um, you know, I just think the possibilities for uh, a wider audience just make the work feel much more valued for students. Um, uh, Charisse, I think you were going to say something. I, I was just thinking that I deeply appreciate this, what you both are talking about with um, closing the circle or bringing this all full circle. Um, these This space is, is really an opportunity for um, teachers to engage and sort of remix, reimagine um, some of the pieces that are that are there um, on the YR Media site, but also then for youth to, I mean, their voices being amplified again in the in the curriculum development and what they end up producing as a result of that, right? So we're inviting additional youth voices into the conversation, and we're still we're dreaming around what that might look like, and we invite you to join us in that dreaming what what would it look like to bring your student work back around here or your actually you know your students and their voices and how we talk about this and continue to um, create additional multimodal artifacts uh, whether that's recording with our students or um, having opportunities to you know invite them to share different different types of um, ideas and venues that are really available to us and we need you know we need your we need your expertise and um, contributions to, to this work in that way. Um, yeah, I, I was just gonna uh, say I also greatly appreciate that cycle idea, the circle idea, and um, and I was thinking about how hard it is for teachers to go public with their practice, right? Like all these practices are really you know they're 
I mean, it's sort of that why we write to teach writing as educators and, you know, and Sheree started off with the social practices and how important it is for us to be creators ourselves so that we understand what it means to create in these ways. And, and you know, you published your work, Hillary, and now you're making visible what you're doing in your classroom, what you're trying and how you're inviting um, students to consider authorship and the, you know, so it's just, it's powerful practice to go public with that too. And so I just, I love those, those sort of interconnections between the work and how these social practices start to, to, to get developed together, you know, as teachers and as students. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was beautiful from what Sharisha said and what Christina was talking about and Teresa. Um, it made me think of, and Hillary, it made me think about Teresa, who was another participant um, that uh, was in the workshop this summer with Sharice, another teacher participant, um, and, and joined in in our gathering in September. And I love that she shared out in September, she was able to do her lesson very early in the in the school year, because she had an early start too with high school students, senior, senior level, I believe, um, English students. And um, some of the feedback that she gave us that I thought was huge and you know going back to the idea that like all this work is about allowing inviting encouraging supporting being in there doing the work with teachers and um students to be producers of their work so one of the things that stuck with me that she shared out was the fact that many of her students that normally aren't really that into writing that don't see themselves as writers because they saw the youth media pieces, right? It wasn't from some older text or, you know, it was paired with and they were in conversation, but they could see themselves producing in the way that they saw, you know, the high school student that had produced the media that she was highlighting, Lucy's story in her work. Um, and then the idea that it is all iterative, right? Like it is ongoing and, and, and trying to do such things in isolation it's impossible. Like no book is published by one person. No film is put out by one person. And really that's what we're trying to do is not just like, Hey, we've got some stuff for you here, or, Hey, you want to make some stuff with us or for, you know, like it's, it's having a community space of collegiality and, um, and, and acknowledging that there are many faces and, and age, you know, <laughs> categories that need to be in that space. So really touching on the intergenerational nature of what we're trying to do and the idea that it's scary to produce and put out on your own anything at any, right? Like, um, but doing together in community, um, I think it'd be a beautiful thing. And that's what we're hoping to do and continue to do. Um, that's that's for, beautiful. Oh, go ahead, Christina. No, no, go ahead, Sharice, and then I'll. I think that's beautiful what you were just saying around um, what if what it's like to to produce, um, to produce and then publish in, in community, um, that, that sense of vulnerabilities is something that I'm continuing to think about. Um, you know, what does it actually feel like to share your work? And I believe that in developing a digital pedagogy, you have to try on these practices. Like that helps to develop teachers' repertoires of practice with technology. Like what does it feel like to, because we have all these affordances of digital media where our work can go out and um, we can, you know, share what what's the thoughts that are in prog in in progress. Um, what does it feel like to do that? And just like Christina was saying, that was one of the most powerful aspects of um, working with. Like when I first became a um, a teacher consultant with Barry Writing Project was 
wow, <laughs> I'm facing all these challenges in, um, you know, either, you know, feeling comfortable in my writing um, or maybe, you know, having to produce on the spot or having to share right away or just, you know, engaging difficult topics um, in whatever ways. Well, what must my students be feeling, right? Um, that was that was key in, in how I began to shift my practice around writing. And I think that applies here where, when thinking about digitally mediated um, composition, what what kinds of things do we need to consider that we might miss if we don't go through it ourselves? Um, so I think ultimately that strengthens um, teachers' digital pedagogies when they've you know developed their own digital literacies that way. And can I add one more thing just on that iterative nature? I mean, part of the community of practice that we're inviting folks to is it's not just we we develop curriculum and then that's it. It's what does this what does the student work look like that was produced out of that? What what do I still want to know about? How do I return to this? How do I continue to strengthen that? If other people are interested in trying a part of this unit out, like what does it look like for them in their context? I want to know, you know, um, and so this just remaining in this inquiry mindset, I think, is is really helpful in combating issues of feeling vulnerable and all of that. And I think as we do that, um, just like Monica and Sharice have said, our students are coming along with us. So thank you so much for adding that, Hillary, because that's something I didn't think to mention, but that's um, one of the things that as we're building out um, a virtual learning management system for this work for TeachWire to, to house it beyond what we're doing, the, the final published pieces on the site, right, is to have a space for students to submit to maybe be okay with submitting or having their instructors share work if they might not want to pitch it, you know, for publication on YR, but for the purposes of learning and other youth seeing it and having like exemplars up there on our site. So, um, and I think we've talked a little bit about that in some of the meetings that we've had that that's something that I, Bob is also interested in doing too. So yeah, I think that's definitely um, an important piece. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, the pitching itself is a whole thing, it's, right? <laughs> it's a whole writing skill unto itself. Yeah. Um, freelancers. Yeah. So for people who are logging into this and listening and thinking, oh, wow, this is fascinating. I just want to say we will definitely include the links to the um, Wire Media and TeachYR uh, resources. I heard there's going to be new ones added later today. So check it out for sure. And um, uh, but I want to ask, where can people um, who are really interested reach you and connect with this community of practice? Like, what would you suggest they do next? Yes. I will open a direct line to my email, which you can also find easily on wiremedia.org, um, which is not our platform site. Wiremedia.org is more of our, for people just interested in the organization, the back end. Um, my, my, not website, my email is monica at wiremedia.org. And then I also have a link that I would love to share with you, Christina, that hopefully you could post with when posting um, to join our community. Um, and it's uh, like, a you know, in the email sign up. Um, so those would be the two best ways and you'll be tapped into any announcements that come out and we're hoping to get some some more gatherings on the calendar very soon um, and be connecting in community with people. That's awesome and people can also see some of this work on social media right is that true? Yes absolutely. we are it's why our media is our handle. Okay great. 
Um, yeah. and, and please do go to check out yr.media, um, our platform where all of um, the student, uh, the youth um, media is published. You can also find the Teachable Moments site on there um, that has the curriculum tools that have been created, the four new ones that I just talked about that are gonna be put out soon and um, a collection of youth stories are housed there. Um, youth vo Student voices, I think is what we call the section. And those ones are specific to, they were put out over the last year, really focusing on student well-being amidst the pandemic pivot mm -hmm. to online learning and virtual learning and where we are now. And so a lot of the resources kind of tie back into that where it'll be supporting your students to do journaling, journaling to support their well-being might be one of the topics, you know. Um, but beyond that, the yr.media site has all of our news verticals, the different topics that I was talking about, um, tech, arts and culture, um, identity and social justice, and I invite, use all the resources and connect, connect with us. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for sharing your invitations to this project, your, your sharing your work and um, making visible all the amazing work that the youth are doing and the teachers are doing. And um, I'm really excited about this project. And, um, and Hillary, really excited to see even what your students emerge at the end of this project this semester. So um, thank you all for being here today for NWP Radio. And we um, can follow us at uh, NWP Radio, uh, at uh, at Writing Project on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll be broadcasting through all those channels and also on YouTube. So check us out there and check out all the, the linked resources that we share connected to this broadcast. Thank you so much and have a lovely day. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Right, 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 right.